HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program has been brought to you by Heritage Foods USA, the nation's largest distributor of heritage breed pigs and turkeys. For more information, visit heritagefoodsusa.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Severin, this is Greenhorns Radio, and Hi. I am happy to be here joined on the phone by Mike Sullivan, who is an organic citrus grower out in Ojai, California. Hi, Mike. Hi, Severin. How are you? I'm good. I'm warm. How about you? Uh, we're warm here again, too. Uh, we had we had quite a, quite a cold spell about a week and a half ago, but... Um, You'll be pleased to know it's, it was 82 yesterday. How's your baby avocado trees? The baby avocado trees survived. We think that most of the fruit, um, we think that we're okay. So um, maybe you could just do a little quick, uh, little quick summary of the operation that you're managing and how long you've been there and, and, and how you landed such a dreamy job in such a dreamy place. <laughs> yeah, it is dreamy. Um, so I manage the orchard at Churchill Orchards, and um, we're small. We're tiny, tiny. Only 18 acres um, is the actual orchard. And it's split between three main crops, uh, Ojai Pixie Tangerines, uh, Kishu Mandarins, and Avocados, of which we have, uh, I don't know, six or seven different varieties. Um, and then we have a, a, a number of miscellaneous other citrus varieties. Um, and I have been working here for about a year. And how did I get into it? Man, that's a, that's a long story. But um, basically, I heard that uh, Jim Churchill, the, the man who established the orchard in its current form, um, could use a bit of help, and that sounded like a really good idea, so I stopped and dropped everything I was doing and 
called him up, and here I am. <laughs> I like that's that's the short version of the story, I guess. Uh, the, the yeah, I, uh, well, um, what were I don't you know. Doing it really, before? it really what was were like your that. Skills that were applicable to citrus. I'm sorry. Sorry, what were you doing before, and what skills did you bring that were applicable to citrus? Um, before I, I had worked in finance for a while. I had worked, I, I have a, a law degree and was working in law. Um, and I guess I, I remember the first day I went into uh, the law office with this, this job I had, and I remember seeing uh, one of the paralegals who she had evolved to fit her cubicle, uh, like she, her her whole body and and um, personality had morphed for this space, and I remember being horrified by that. And so, when the opportunity to come help Jim arose, I jumped on it. I thought about it deeply for about 24 hours and called him up and split. Um, how, what did I bring to citrus and, and avocados? Um, my grandparents and great-grandparents had uh, citrus and avocado orchards in Southern California. Um, when I was a kid, we used to go in my grandparents' orchard and pick the fruit and throw it at each other, which now the, the idea of that horrifies me. But um, So I sort of grew up with it, and I was a, a very serious uh, gardener and uh, have always had an interest in plants to the point where I nearly, nearly studied agriculture in, in college, and my mother still admonishes me for having not done that. So she was right, and now you don't work in a cubicle, but you do live in a trailer. I do. Well, it's an air. The, the trailer thing is a funny deal because I, I feel like I always have to correct people and call it an airstream, which sounds so hipster. But um, the problem with calling it a, just a trailer is it connotes trailer trash, and I'm weary of that because it's really nice. So, so besides from being dreamy, um, you know, orchardry is, is a certain set of skills, and, you know, a lot of us get into agriculture through vegetables. It's like the gateway drug into farming. Um, and not so much, so many of us have the opportunity to be newbies with a low barrier to entry learning experience on, uh, in, in, in fruit generally, just because so much of that work is done by immigrant labor, and so there is less of an informal pathway there. What are your, like, daily jobs um, as a citrus man? Um, just kind of some of the categories and specific jobs that you're doing, walking around oh, those boy. trees all the time. Yeah, it's, it's wide and varied. Um, I, I should say I came in uh, originally, the opportunity was we, for some of our varieties, we pack and ship the fruit ourselves. And so that was the sort of the gateway for me was to, because you don't need as much. There's less risk um, in having somebody who doesn't have a formal or or or, or, or significant experience in orchard orchardry 
Um, there's less risk if you hire them as a packer, you know, where all they're doing is grading fruit all day. So that's what I started as. But um, now, boy, I my tasks are wide and varied. Um, I did all the pruning this year, which sounds crazy to think that I don't have a background in this necessarily. Um, fertilizer application, just labor. Um, right now I've been going around evaluating trees and orchards at our orchard and some of the other orchards we sell for to see where the fruit is in terms of when it's going to be ready to pick and, and pack and ship. Um, yeah, I. it's a weird thing because people always ask me, how long have you been doing this? And I say a, a year, and they, there's a bit of, oh, you've only been doing it a year, so you must be a novice. But um, I don't know. I had a lot of experience with plants and with grandma's roses, as silly as that sounds. And I spend a ton of time reading um, literature on this stuff. Um, out here, the University of California has a wonderful resource for learning more about all plants, but especially citrus and avocados because they're such large cash crops in our state. And you can, if you choose to geek out on it, you can really go deep in the subjects, and I did. And I guess what I was trying to do was create value um, and make myself valuable to the, to the orchard so that they would let me do more things. And um, I'm really lucky to work with two people, Jim Churchill and, and Lisa Brennis, who allow me the space and trust to, you know, to prune their trees. I mean, that's a that's, that's their like number one asset, and here they are letting me make decisions on what to cut and not cut. So I don't know. I'm lucky. I think this situation is unique. So your situation is unique, um, and I feel like we should contextualize that a little bit for people who are trying to wrap their heads around, you know, grading and packing and shipping and shipping your own versus selling to a, um, a packer. Uh, would you mind just doing a micro-characterization of the, the citrus and avocado industries as a whole and how the more local or specialty or we do weird-ass fruit organically um, model that you guys are working on works or doesn't work? Yeah, so here in California, citrus is a more than $2 billion industry, and it, I have a suspicion it's probably a lot more than that. And now most citrus is grown in the San Joaquin Valley, in the southern San Joaquin Valley, and primarily it's navel oranges and Valencia oranges in some other parts of the state. Um, lately, they've really ramped up on mandarins. Uh, you see, you see them all over the place under different trade names. But um, for us, um, God, 20 years ago, Jim had this orchard, and it was in um, a different. It was it was in a, a variety of avocado that's no longer. Uh, easily marketable, 
And given our size, it doesn't make sense for us to sell into the commodity pipeline because that's really what oranges and most citrus are. Um, I forgot to mention, we in California, there are a number of smaller citrus groves, and by smaller I mean 100 acres and less. These these places in the Central Valley are thousands of acres. They're huge plantings of navel oranges or of of uh, clementines, uh, the, the tangerine. But here we also have smaller growers that grow those same commodity fruit, and they sell their fruit primarily through groups like Sunkist, and Sunkist comes and arranges the the picking, and you know Sunkist has advisors that really take care of most of the farming too. And they take it to their packing house, and you know the grower gets a check at the end of the day. Um, but their return and their margins is so low that unless you're really operating on a huge scale like they do in the San Joaquin Valley, it, it's hard to make money. It's hard to really – here in Ojai, sometimes there's years where the price of oranges are so low that growers decide not to have their oranges picked because it's going to be too expensive to get them picked and they may as well just let them fall. Um, and so for us, we sort of, Jim had this um, aha moment uh, 25 years ago where he had been looking for something to grow that was different, something that... Um, he was excited about. And so, I don't know, I, I feel like I'm rambling. Am I answering your question? You're doing a great job. I guess the question is, what are the limitations, you know, that there's a reason why people, why growers would get together to create commodity facilities and infrastructure to do these trees in bigger blocks and hire in all the labor and be more like a plantation commodity style. And you guys are the little outlier you know, with the tiny little acreage. Um, but what are the what are the kind of disadvantages maybe of that? And or um, looking forward, kind of twenty years, uh, what would be what would be potentially other other ways that a, a different configuration could happen in the business of growing fruit um, that's okay. more maybe appropriate to the scale of operation that you would want to run. Well, so. One of the reasons I, I think that our operation being tiny is able to survive is we can get a higher premium because we really sell on taste. And when you're talking about citrus and avocados, everything is hand-picked. And labor becomes a, the availability and the cost of labor becomes more and more of an issue. And if you're you're talking about these large commodity plantings. When you have to pick, you pick, and in, there's no. Some of the fruit's going to be good, and some of it's going to be awful. But it's a thousand acres, so you have to just go in and, and clean it out, and not worry about whether a particular tree is delicious or or not. When you're operating at the scale we are, um, we probably drive the labor contractors crazy. And they are the they're saints for working with us because 
we move them around and we check individual trees and everything has to taste good because if it doesn't, we can't get the prices that we need and we can't, you know, support our, our reputation, which is providing delicious citrus, not just, um, you know, the orange slice that you get with your, with your breakfast at some cafe. Um, we're 20 years down the line. Yikes. Um, God, I hope we can still grow citrus in 20 years. Um, so many things, and, and you must hear this from farmers all the time, worrying or complaining. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I hope we have labor in 20 years. Um, it's really hard to get uh, men, folks to come and pick and, and, and do it on an economical level. Um we worry about water all the time because California, well, California always worries about water, but it's not an easy place to grow citrus. The citrus can be delicious, but it's not, you know, citrus is not endemic to California. Um, we worry about something called a citrus greening disease transferred by a bug called the Asian citrus psyllid, which has in the last few years, it's taken Florida's citrus plantings from 800,000 acres, I think, down to 500,000 acres and continuing to dwindle. So 20 years? Wow. Um, it's hard for me to think at that time frame. It's sort of just trying to get through uh, our harvest that starts in January. All right, well, we can come back to it after your harvest season and discuss it again in more length. Okay. But, I mean, um, yeah, there's a, a – you were saying before about, uh, uh, you know, most newbies or most greenhorns don't get to start in in orchard work. And I think that's well, – I said it seems really true, and it's because it's – all of the capital expense to get into it. And it's especially pronounced here in California where the price of land is incredible. And the only reason that most growers are able to do what they do is because they've held the land for so long. I mean, I myself, I don't know if I could ever own land in California and have a productive orchard, have an economical orchard on it. Um, you know, to your question of 20 years, it's probably managing somebody else's land and being in some sort of share uh, cropping or, or some sort of alternative uh, arrangement where I get some portion of what is grown on their land. I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a really good question. Well, we can come back to it because we haven't got any more time, but I wanted to make sure everyone knew that a really great gift you can give over the holidays is a box of Kishu or Kishu. Kishus are like little tiny micro mandarins that are the size of your, what are they the size of? They're like a walnut or like smaller? A, about a golf ball. Easy easy They're to peel, naturally seedless. They're delicious. They're so delicious. And um, you can send a box to your loved ones by going to tangerineman.com and ordering them? Please. 
Uh, well, I really appreciate your time, Mike, and I appreciate all you um, cold-footed, cold-fingered people in the winter places um, who are taking time out of their day to listen to uh, this moment of explosive citrus power from Southern California. This has been another episode of Greenhorns Radio, radio for young farmers by young farmers in snow or shine. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thank you, Mike. Yeah. How were those avocados? Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.